namely that antidepressants often do not do what they promise and are in fact causing harm to many. Uh, Dr. Steve Hoetze is suing over Obamacare's employer mandate. It's time for a wellness revolution. wellness revolution. Brought to you by Hoetze Health and Wellness Center. Honest discussion on maintaining health and wellness naturally to enjoy a better quality of life. He's the doctor fighting to let you keep your doctor. Now, Dr. Stephen Hoetze. Good afternoon and welcome to Dr. Hoetze's Wellness Revolution. I am James Fogarty. You can also call me Jimbo. I am not Stacy Banfield. And I look nothing like her, but I'm going to hopefully uh, take over the steel today and not sink this ship, uh, hopefully not get fired. Uh, and I am here today with Dr. Donald Ellsworth, who's one of our senior physicians at the Hotsey Health and Wellness Center. Somewhat of an Ivy League trained doctor, and um, he promises me that he will not use his full brain today. He'll use half of it to make us all feel good. So before we get into that, I wanted to remind everybody, uh, if you want to ever want to listen to a past show, uh, you can easily find our podcast. Um, you can find them anywhere podcasts are available, whether that's Google Play, that's iTunes, whether that's Spreaker.com, whether that's SoundCloud. Just Google Dr. Hotsey Podcast. You can find it, and they are updated daily. And there's nice descriptions, and it tells you what the show was about and who was there and any links that are, need to be included. So uh, a wealth of information is there on the Internet. So with that being said, Dr. Ellsworth, how are you? Well, James, I just wish I had your voice and your and your <laughs> massive muscles over here. You know, you've got uh, and you've got the brains to boot. So, oh. you know, hopefully we'll make this work. We're going to be talking about brains. In fact, we're going to be talking about the fact that we need to keep our brains. So I'm not talking today so much about the issue of brain fog as how do we prevent ourselves from developing brain degeneration? Because that is one of the it's an epidemic because we've got a gray boom. You know, uh -huh. you look at the U.S. population, we're getting older or younger. We're getting older. And as we get older, we're more and more getting into the years, especially 65 and beyond, where Alzheimer's starts becoming a significant issue. Now, a lot of folks actually don't realize there are dramatically powerful ways to reduce your risk of Alzheimer's. You know, you can have twins with the same genes and one will get Alzheimer's and one doesn't. It's not in your genes, and that's really good news because, uh, you know, you're probably, I'm talking to people who have relatives with Alzheimer's. and Right. I think a lot of people, that's usually when they think about it is when they, they start to see signs of their parents. Uh, exactly. You know, and so are you saying that lifestyle affects it? Lifestyle is huge, and it's also related to things that we deal with every day in our practice, which is like hormones. Oh, hormones, brain dramatic connection. You know, a lot of folks don't realize how many things that are common that uh, get awry in our bodies interact with it. But a few basics, let me just, you know, talking point wise, uh, what are some risk factors for getting Alzheimer's? Well, obviously age. Can't do anything about that. Hopefully <laughs> you want that to increase, right? The other interesting thing, of course, genetics, and you can actually run some of the genetic testing out there. There's the APOE4 test uh, 23 and me for example which is you can order a kit swab your cheek send it off and they'll ask you do you want us to tell you what your status is for this gene and they'll tell you now if you don't want to hear bad news don't don't say yes but if you're like okay i'd like to know because if i'm at more risk i'm going to take this more seriously and do something about it so you got to know yourself or if you're going to just become depressed and you know react so, negatively you don't want to go there so let me back up there so specifically related to alzheimer's mm -hmm. You could 
technically do a cheek swab, mm-hmm. mail in the sample, mm-hmm. and the lab could specifically look for your genetic predisposition to have specifically Alzheimer's or just any degenerative disease. It's just a genetic marker that is associated with an increased risk for okay. Alzheimer's. People with neither of with none of this particular mutation can still get Alzheimer's. In fact, most who develop Alzheimer's don't have this. But if you have it, it substantially increases your risk. It's like okay. 10, 15% with one mutation, and it goes up more like 50% if you have the two, if you're homozygous for this particular gene. So I, it could be helpful to know, but even if you're in the worst case scenario and you have both of them are the, the one that's considered the high risk gene, it's only it's still odds are in your favor that if you, it's a little less than 50% risk, you can prevent this problem. That is good news. In other words, just be, if both of your parents had Alzheimer's, for example, that does not mean you're destined for it. Now, what you do want to do is figure out what they likely didn't do right, right. and modify it. And th- that's what we're talking about here today. Things you want to do because it is modifiable. And interestingly, what, what would you think? Are you more likely to get Alzheimer's if you're a man or a woman? Who I would I would assume a woman. What makes you say that? I would say because postmenopausal women, uh, typically the risk factors are increased um, versus you know uh, just statistically I would think postmenopausal women's risk of heart disease things like that is um, much higher than it is with men at the same. I think men usually have a higher risk overall, but I think um, there's some protection that occurs, or from what I've read, through menopause, you know, when a woman mm-hmm. has menopause, they lose some protection. So um, the acceleration of diseases in, in, in female population, and my assumption is that it would tend to, to increase more at that midlife point. So from 50 plus, I think women's risk would probably be higher than men, but that's, I'm not a doctor. Women do have a higher risk of Alzheimer's. So ding, ding, ding. We need to, we need to. I should have just stopped. I should have just quit yeah, at there. the beginning and I, I had and it right. Is the explanation, I don't think we know for certain. Of course, one issue too is women live longer. The longer you live, more risk of Alzheimer's. You know, right. we, we guys are often going to die of heart attacks a lot more. So we're not going to be as prone to falling off a crane. Right. Exactly. So we do other crazy things. Of course, now I'm going to say some things that are kind of obvious because if you're health interested at all, you're like, well, of course that's true. Smoking, not good for, you know, it makes everything in your body work less efficiently. Oxygen's pretty important for the brain. You're getting a lot less oxygen if you're smoking. Hypertension. You know, by the way, it's interesting. A lot of the risk factors for dementia, if you just want to, you know, you're driving your car right now and you're thinking, how do I remember anything important? A lot of the same things that increase your risk of heart disease and diabetes increase your risk of problems with your brain, which is interesting. And, but the approaches aren't to take a bunch of drugs, by the way. That is not the bottom line. They, they have not been shown to make a big difference. But you want to keep your blood pressure normal. Blood sugar is really important. Elevated blood sugar dramatically increases the risk for dementia. Now, elevated blood sugar or or peaks and valleys, you know. Um, Good point. Yeah, I think it's both because uh, there's growing evidence, and this is something I've been reading more about lately, about the evidence that unstable blood sugars are a factor. And so this whole thing of hypoglycemia may be a risk factor, as well as the more common issue. Type 2 diabetes is a huge part of the problem 
But what's way more common among our population is not type 2 diabetes, but you're moving in the direction in that your blood sugar is running a little hot. So basically, bottom line is blood sugar stability is our friend. Great point. And what we want to do is stabilize that eating meals appropriately, which could be eating more frequent meals, or in many of us, it's eating less frequent meals, intermittent fasting. Like those of us with insulin resistance prone to blood sugar going up, we're going to do best usually with eating less frequently, maybe eating all of our meals within an eight hour window and not eating for 16 hours, which is actually not that hard. But if you read about intermittent fasting, you'll see a lot of fans because they get the results they're looking for. They lose weight, they feel better, and in many cases, they actually have more energy and it reduces your risk. A couple of other risk factors, of course, if you have atherosclerosis, you're going to be at increased risk. And it could be a direct effect, not not enough blood flow to the brain. Obesity, and finally, homocysteine. We check homocysteine in everyone who comes to see us. For some reason, most doctors do not. And well, actually, I know a big reason. Insurance companies don't cover it. What What is homocysteine? It's part of our metabolism, and it's made from an amino acid. Cysteine turns into homocysteine. It is directly toxic to both our blood vessels and our brain, particularly when the levels get into the teens. It's modifiable by getting enough B vitamins. So one of the biggest reasons for homocysteine going up is you don't have enough of the key B vitamins. Another key issue is if you're low on thyroid, your homocysteine will go up, but that's modifiable. Interesting, interesting. Well, if any of this sounds familiar, you're dealing with anybody with Alzheimer's, you probably want to stay tuned when we come back. Dr. Ellsworth's going to talk a little bit more about specifically what can you do to prevent uh, some of this uh, from developing, whether whether or not your, your family has a history of it. And uh, if you want to give us a call at the Hotze Health and Wellness Center, please do so. The number is 281-698-8698. That's 281-698-8698. Ask them for a a copy of Dr. Hotze's book and blame me and they will give it to you. We'll be right back. Dr. Hotze's Wellness Revolution, your daily dose of radio reality. That's right. Thank you for tuning in to Dr. Hotze's Wellness Revolution. I am James Fogarty here with Dr. Donald Ellsworth, who is sitting in for Dr. Hotze. And uh, if you have any questions for us, feel free to give us a call. The phone number to call us on, uh, live on the show is 713-212-5950. And if you want to call the center um, and uh, speak to anyone about any of your health concerns, give them a call. The number there is 281-698-8698. And don't forget, if you want to download the podcast, we have podcasts available everywhere that podcasts are available. So uh, for instance, today's show should be up on all sources probably within the hour. Uh, with that being said, we are talking Alzheimer's, or we're talking um, Alzheimer's and how you can prevent it, and what are some risk factors for it. And uh, Dr. Ellsworth, well, we talked about in the first section how there are a lot of things that put you at increased risk. Some you can't do anything about, like age and gender. Women that have a higher risk, and there's a lot of things are common sense though. Smoking high blood pressure, high blood sugar. And you're going to see that a lot of the things that we need to be addressing are things that you've really heard your doctor say before. You may or may not be taking it seriously. And you very well may not be thinking, this is important if I want to keep my brain sharp 
and prevent a serious problem with my brain. I, I think therein lies the problem, though, because everybody goes to their doctor, and I, I know some some great doctors, and I know some some doctors that I wouldn't send my dog to. Um, and I, I think when you go in and a doctor says, "Well, you need to eat, you need to exercise, you need to eat better." Well, what does that mean? I, a common person, uh, of course, we know we need to quit smoking. Of course, we know we need to lose weight. Of course, we know we need to eat better. Um, but I don't think it really hits home until you, you go in and you get that scare. Or, you know, the scare could be you, one of your parents dealing with uh, with Alzheimer's and you're having to deal with that and care for them, especially late stage in it. it you know, if you ever dealt with somebody like that, it's it, it can be tough. Um, and I think at a point like that, somebody, you know, an average Joe like me that goes into the doctor um, may start to do something about it, but I don't feel like people are educated enough in terms of what does it mean to eat better? Why do you say, why am I eating bad? You know, I don't know if any of those things are, are typically explained, um, which makes compliance pretty difficult. Well, if you'll put that donut down, I'll tell you, James, <laughs> James would never eat a donut. <laughs> the, uh, the thing you want to keep in mind is a lot of the junk we eat every day is, uh, is junk, but we don't think it's junk. For example, a donut. Okay, most people think of is this is this is definitely not a healthy food. I'm right. not. But if you get that, um, if if it's labeled whole grain, and you're picking up <laughs> a muffin or a bagel, you're thinking, oh, I'm being healthy. Not whole grain products are pretty much the same as white flour, which is just a step better than table sugar. And you know, if you were to think. Wait, gram for gram, that bagel is going to turn into table sugar in my body. You're going to be a lot more cautious about eating. It's not going to look right. so healthy. And that's exactly what happens. We consume far too many simple carbohydrates. We're inundated. And by the way, we changed wheat over 50 years ago. So now it's 42 chromosomes instead of the previous 14. Used to be very rich and nutty. Now it's very light and we like it that way. By the way, it also has more gluten, which in and of itself is irritating to the brain. And Dr. Perlmutter and other folks who've done research in this area have shown that gluten in particular is really hard on our brain. So what can we do? We do need to change what we eat, and we especially need to be largely avoiding wheat and other grains. Because grains, and of course sugar, That's everybody knows table sugar is bad for you, and high fructose corn syrup and artificial sweeteners but those have got to go. You want to keep your brain. That's one of the first points. Avoid the white foods. I think a lot of people don't really know where sugar is. And because I, I talk to guys that I work out with and health nuts, people that eat paleo. And then there's, I don't have any sugar. I'm like, you drink wine every night. You drink beer you every point. night. You, what do you mean you don't have sugar? What do you think happens to that stuff? You know, that's an excellent point, James, because it is, um, you're talking about the things that are either High, the glycemic index is a good thing to look up. If you're talking about glycemic index means what your body feels. And the higher the number, the worse it is. So you're talking about, again, flour, milk. A lot of people think, oh, well, I'm just putting milk on it. And it's low fat. Well, they didn't take out any sugar when they made the low fat milk. And all alcohol, wine, beer especially, has a lot of, uh, has a lot of simple carbs in it. So what you want to do is be cutting back on all those foods. What should you eat? Well, most veggies are going to be a good choice. You want to avoid the starchier ones like potato. You want to be careful about You don't have to eat zero, but you just want to be cautious about root vegetables in particular. And a lot of what we talk about is eating paleo. And you can 
go different directions with that. There's actually some people eat vegan paleo where they're just eating a plant-based diet. But the bottom line is you want to get most of your nutrition from good veggies, seeds, beans. You can also enjoy berries. Berries are a powerful food to reduce the risk of dementia. There's evidence coffee is good for you. Let me see some positive things wow. that people like. People like that. How about adding dark chocolate, some cocoa to your coffee, making a mocha, or throw some, the unsweetened kind. Or throw some butter in it like Dr. Hertzie does. There you go. So <laughs> adding some good fats and adding some things. Now, the whole thing with butter is, uh, is, is an interesting thing. I think coconut oil probably is a little better because it's medium chain triglyceride. And the thing about butter is it depends on what else you're eating. But bottom line is there's some great tools you can have to get a better brain function. And that's right. really fantastic for your health. Great antioxidant power. You know, like people don't realize chocolate, if it doesn't have the sugar, is a very good antioxidant. Dark chocolate. Dark chocolate. Specifically. Dark though, right? chocolate. Dark cocoa. So that's an excellent tool. So I can't pile on the Reese's Pieces is what you're there saying. There you go. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and the other thing is a B vitamin that's the right one is a great thing to take every day and you want the right ones meaning if you look on the label and it says folic acid i would not recommend you take that one we carry a product that's only the active form of the b vitamins the the hotsi b complex has the active form of the b ones it has everything you need it has especially methylfolate the active form of b6 b12 and the bottom line is this as we go through life, we typically don't activate B vitamins well. So not only do we not get enough from not eating well, but then our body can't turn it into the right stuff. And that's studies have shown a reduction in Alzheimer's just taking B vitamins. Really? As simple as that is. So, I mean, that's, that's now, a now simple are we saying, intervention. You know, like personally, I take, I take B12 shots every week, but for a common person, like, are you saying take a capsule or is it a, I mean, when you say yeah. take or a you droplet to, or you want to be taking uh, the main B's that you need are going to be the methylfolate, the active form of B6, which is often abbreviated P5P. And then the active form of B12. Those three are the most important, but, and they're all in our product that we have in our complex. And we also use under the tongue, but B12 by itself is not going to cut it. Because so you need the, all you're the missing complex, some other Bs. B, okay. And what I like about taking a B, and I use both in many cases, uh, you know, B12, perhaps injection, I'll often under the tongue form of, of the methyl Bs and the B complex, because the B complex also has thiamine, which is good to prevent dementia. Thiamine deficiency is actually quite common. Not only can folks who drink too much be low on thiamine, but having too much yeast in your body lowers your thiamine levels. So that's a really common problem. Interesting. So people that are eating a lot of pastas and breads, and you can probably assume a lot of them have, could have a yeast problem to begin with. If you've had antibiotics, that's probably the best thing to keep in mind. Having yeast overgrowth is pretty much an epidemic because we have antibiotics, yeast overgrows, and it'll stay there until you get rid of it. And that's a, a huge issue. We're, you know, we've talked about yeast issues on other programs, but one thing that's a long-term consequence of yeast overgrowth is nutritional deficiencies like low thiamine plus, and this is an important issue, the gut becomes leaky. A leaky gut causes inflammation and leads to a leaky brain. There's a, there's a, there's the, a blood brain barrier is an important barrier that keeps your brain isolated from the rest of your body. When that gets leaky, all sorts of junk can get in and damage your brain. And there's a direct connection. So getting your gut healthy is a great step to set up your body for a healthy brain. And, you know, it's, I've read a lot about that. I've heard that there's what there's actually 
more there's more to controlling your brain in your gut than is actually in your brain, which is a funny way to say it, I guess. But um, is there any truth to that? And and you know you hear a lot, but you, you it sounds to an average person it sounds kind of kind of crazy. You it, know it does. And you know what's wild though is you can see things like celiac disease. You'll get lesions in, in the gut and lesions in the brain. You can actually visualize both of them. And as you treat it, avoiding wheat in that case, it actually, you'll see both improve. There's a strong gut-brain connection. And if you, it's easy to address, but uh, yeah, we have a, a ton of activity. A lot of our neurotransmitters, about half in the body, are actually made in the gut, not in the brain. Interesting. So good Good vegetables, if you eat meats, good meats, good whole foods. Basically, stay away from the packaged stuff. Coffee is good. We can all drink coffee. And uh, when we come back, y'all, we're going to follow up and talk about some more things that you can specifically avoid to prevent Alzheimer's and some other things that you can just add to your daily regimen to help you out. If you have any questions and want to give us a call at the Wellness Center, uh, that number is 281-698-8698. We'll be right back. Why walk amongst the living sick when you can join a wellness revolution? Here's Dr. Hotze. That's right. Why walk amongst the living sick when you can join the wellness revolution? I am James Fogarty here with Dr. Donald Ellsworth. And if you like the show and if you like what you hear and you ever want to go back and listen to any of our shows or podcasts, they are available on all podcasting outlets, whether that be iTunes or Google Play or even YouTube. Um, And they're usually up within the hour after the show, so you can always get a copy of that. You know, and Dr. Ellsworth, we've been talking about Alzheimer's, something that's not a lot of fun. Uh, you talked about some risk factors, some comorbidities, things that um, could definitely show evidence to contribute to. Um, and then you talked about, you know, generally what people can do in terms of just daily their diet. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the um, a lot of the foods we eat, I think, are, are processed and, and don't really give us the nutritional value we need. Um, but when you're talking about Alzheimer's, you know, I do the show with Dr. Hotze a lot and he talks a lot about brain fog and he kind of jokes because when you ask him on the brakes, what's brain fog? Well, it's nothing. It's nothing clinical. It's that's a term that that patients have really asked us about because they just say they feel foggy. And I guess my question is, that's something that's pretty common. Um, you know, I think most people, not most people, but, you know, if you ask your, your group of friends and people or, that you work with in your church and anybody from 35 to 55 years old, you, you ask 10 people, you've ever experienced brain fog, I'd imagine three or four would know exactly what you're talking about. Um, does brain fog have anything to do with Alzheimer's, and is it, are they related at all? Now, that's a great question, and, uh, and you know, we are talking about preventing Alzheimer's, not treating Alzheimer's, because thus far, when someone actually gets into the clinical manifestations of actual end-stage Alzheimer's, the options right now are extremely limited. But fortunately, it is a pathway that you can recognize early and do something about. Now, brain fog is a symptom that doesn't necessarily have a direct connection with Alzheimer's. Most of the individuals who have brain fog are never going to have Alzheimer's disease, thankfully. But it does indicate something's going on in your brain. Something that you've got some inflammation in many cases causing the brain fog, or you're missing the nutrients you need for your brain to work properly. So you've got something annoying your brain. I know, you know, specifically with men, um, brain fog, I know numerous people, including myself, who have 
cleared up brain fog with something as simple as a shot of testosterone, mm-hmm. right? Um, which would lead me to believe that maybe there is some type of hormone connection. So in that case, you know, maybe that's myself in particular, but are hormones the answer for brain fog? Is that the answer? Is that sometimes the answer? How are those related? You know, the interesting thing about hormones is that there are friends for overall health. Hormones make for a happy body and a happy brain. And I wish when we went through our medical school education, physicians presented having good levels of our hormones as being an essential feature for health. Because if we saw it that way, we would work hard to make sure hormonal balance is maintained. When you see dropping hormones, you see inflammation and you see cognitive changes. You see negative abilities to think. And it's unfortunate that we don't address the fact that men and women both will lose their hormones. And you're exactly right. The testosterone in men has a major role in helping your brain work properly. You know, we know, for example, just a few things that have been clearly shown in the science. Estrogen helps women and men as well make serotonin. Progesterone activates something called the GABA, which is a neurotransmitter for relaxation. And estrogen makes dopamine, which has a lot to do with motivation. Estrogen helps with acetylcholine, which has a big role in memory. So we have all these known connections. And, you know, it's sometimes is frustrating that when we talk about these things, some people think we're talking about new information. It's actually old information. And everything related to thyroid, thyroid is all about focus and memory. And if you, you know, if your cells are sluggish because they don't have enough thyroid, would you be surprised that you can't focus? Would you be surprised if you can't clear the fog and think crisply? We know that when women start going through menopause, their risk of inflammation throughout their body goes up. And you see this with heart disease very clearly. Before menopause, they're almost bulletproof, very low rates of heart disease. Afterwards, you start seeing the heart disease going up comparable to what you see in men. However, the same thing's going on in the brain. It's just manifesting a bit later. The damage to our brain, we have to lose quite a bit of brain function for it to be obvious. And that's one of the things that makes us all need to take this seriously because you don't want to wait until you've got significant memory issues. You want to do it early on. Honestly, ideally, you don't want to wait till there's any symptoms. You just want to know you've got to take actions. But Cholesterol, by the way, a word about that, going after cholesterol has been one of the problems we've had. Statin drugs, lowering cholesterol, or the other kind of anti-cholesterol medications. By dropping cholesterol, you know what you're also doing? You're dropping your production of the key things your brain needs for health. The, the body depends, there's, there's uh, cerebrosterols, which are the brain's molecules for keeping your brain healthy, need to be there, plus Cholesterol turns into pregnenolone, which is an important hormone for the brain to work properly. And what, by the way, when you don't have enough, if your cholesterol is low and you can't make enough pregnenolone, you'll start stealing it from other sources and you'll actually lower your other hormones. So it's, it's throws your body out of balance. So it's very important to replace hormones. Progesterone, by the way, it's been shown that if you're in a car accident, and this is going to be a woman primarily, if they're in a car accident, and they receive progesterone right after they have some brain injury from trauma, they do much better. It's one of the, 
you know, and I've, I've, I've said only part jokingly that if I'm ever in an accident and have brain injury, you know, put some progesterone on your hands and rub it on me and, and don't tell the nurse what you're doing. Cause then you'll have, you know, you'll have to get permission, but just progesterone is a proven agent that helps with the body's ability to recover. It actually helps the myelin sheath develop like with MS. That's one of the right. problems. So it's, these are our friends that we often underestimate how important they are. In menopausal women, they typically have very, very low estrogen, very, very low progesterone. And putting that back in is life-saving. And I've, I'm starting to use more progesterone in men, particularly if they have this type of an issue going on, because men need some progesterone as well. And it seems like it has a similar role as it does in women in terms of helping the brain stay healthy. Interesting. I guess it's the same concept as, um, you know, I know I'm, I don't want to speak for you, but I'm sure you have female patients that are on testosterone as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, to, to a lot of people, that sounds, that sounds crazy. Um, to the average Joe, they're thinking, what do you mean? I thought testosterone was for men. Why would you give it to a female? I mean, females have testosterone as well, right? Men and women actually have uh, very similar hormonal patterns, just different levels. So, in other words, I can check a hormonal panel in a woman, and I'll have the same hormones in a man. Okay. They just look different. A man, sh- well, in, in an ideal situation, they look different. I've seen men with a lot more estrogen than women, because if you have extra body fat, it can really go up. So the uh, issue is, it's surprising that the hormonal issue is a uniform problem. You can see all women postmenopausally are going to have extremely low levels of key hormones, all men are going to lose a lot of testosterone, especially, and usually other hormones as well. Yet that's rarely addressed. How often do we actually go after the vitamins thoroughly? You know, one thing that's amazing is when you go out to eat, every time you go out to eat, you're being exposed to MSG, unless you're going to a very, you know, unique restaurant. MSG is almost impossible to avoid. That is a known neurotoxin. And if you order something like a, a diet drink on top of it, you're really in trouble. Well, one known brain protector that's so easy and powerful, magnesium. Magnesium is not that easy to get enough of. You have to take quite a bit to have an optimal level. I, you know, I personally take about 1,000 milligrams a day, and I can just barely keep my levels where they need to be. So it's not as easy as you would think to keep your magnesium levels where they, where they need to be to protect your brain. But that, how simple is that? Magnesium. See, and I live, I love magnesium. I use it for something totally different. I use it to, to be honest with you, to shut my brain down when I go to bed. Okay. So I actually take 900 milligrams before I go to bed. I take the 300 milligram capsules. I take three of them before I go to bed at night. And I take one in the morning with my multivitamin. So I think I take probably 1,200 milligrams mm-hmm. a day. Great. Um, but it seems like it makes me a little more calm. I, I don't have those racing thoughts in my head Absolutely. When, I, when I'm trying to sleep. And I tell people about it, and you know, magnesium, it's very simple and easy to do. And you're saying it can protect the brain a little bit as well. If I only had one thing, magnesium would be one of my favorites. And by the way, lithium is a mineral too. A lot of people think lithium is a drug because it's used as a drug, but it's actually also another brain protector. And it's been associated with being healthy for the brain. Um, there's a lot of things out there that are really helpful, but those are some simple ones. I mean, who couldn't take a B vitamin, a little magnesium, uh, you know, work on making sure your hormones are balanced is not difficult working with a physician who does this. So these are all things that you can do to take action to reduce your risk now. Okay. And real quick, what age do you think 
people should start to see somebody if they are, you know, starting to feel a little foggy or starting to worry. Maybe they have a parent that's that's dealing with Alzheimer's yeah. and they want to prevent that. What age do you think? Is it is it 20s? Is it 30s? Is it 40s? You know, the sooner the better, James, because we can start them. They, we can prevent a problem to begin with. So whenever you have symptoms, certainly, but 30-ish would be a general answer. Okay, great. Well, if uh, any of this sounds familiar to you and you want more information uh, about the Hotel Health and Wellness Center, give one of their wellness consultants a call. The number is 281-698-8698. You are listening to Dr. Hotze's Wellness Revolution. We'll be right back. Now back to the Wellness Revolution. Here's your host, Dr. Stephen Hotze. That's right. Welcome back to Dr. Hotze's Wellness Revolution. I am not Dr. Hotze. I am James Fogarty, and I'm, I am here with Dr. Donald Ellsworth. And we are talking about fun stuff, Alzheimer's. I forgot, what were we talking about? <laughs> Alzheimer's. That, talking about preventing pre- Alzheimer's specifically. Pre- preventing Alzheimer's and how that, how that relates to maybe some brain fog you may be feeling. And um, I think, you know, we, we discussed a little bit about some of the comorbidities, some of the things that can contribute to it as well, like um, high blood sugar or high and low kind of unstable mm-hmm. blood sugar, if you will, um, was one thing we talked about. Obesity, smoking, uh, the same things your doctor, you know, probably tells you most people when they see them every time, you know, eat better, exercise more. Um, but a lot of us don't take that to heart until something really happens. Um, and then you talked about a few vitamins, um, things that could help. You talked about the B complex, which, uh, you explained the importance of kind of not just the B12, but the B6. And I think you said, was it B1? Methylfolate Methyl- and, and B1, which is thiamine. Okay. And then you also talked about, um, magnesium, which, you know, for brain health, although I, I told you I use it for something different. Um, well, yeah, that's a great use for it to help you sleep. Um, I'm, calm down. I'm a bit of an amped up individual, if you can't tell. Um, but that helps me for that. But what are some other, you know, simple, th- I know there's a lot of people driving around that are probably saying, well, listen, I don't have time. What are some simple things I can do that I can either add to my, my daily regimen or things that I should be thinking about that are okay. inexpensive and easy for me to. Exactly. Well, cut out gluten, which is wheat, barley, and rye. Wheat is a major problem and cutting that out after a month, you'll often see improvement just from that intervention. I, I will tell you, the guy that produces uh, the show back at the station, James Simpson, is the beer guru and he does the beer show. And so um, he's not going to want to hear that because he likes to drink beer. So, Well, sometimes, you know, life is about making choices <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's just something to consider. Uh, avoiding gluten, doing the yeast cleanse so you get the yeast out of your gut. It's a mold problem. Having mold in your house is not good for your house and the people of those those who live in your home. And if you have it in your gut, it causes a lot of issues. It makes a lot of toxins. So getting rid of candida, you could actually contact our Hotsey Vitamins carries something. You don't have to have a prescription for that it would be very useful at least reducing the load of yeast in your body. Things like the B vitamins, the B complex. We also have active folate, uh, omega-3s, you know, good a good fish oil. Nordic Naturals or cod liver oil. The Nordic Natural cod liver oil is excellent, like a tablespoon a day. Phosphatidylserine, excellent for the brain. Phosphatidylcholine, those are both directly involved in the brain's health. Say those again, because that's a, you know, if I'm driving around, I I don't even know what you just said. Well, if you can remember the word serine, um, um, which is kind of like Siri, I guess, 
phosphatidylserine is a, a major player in the brain, and it is it's associated with improving memory within a short amount of time too. So a lot of folks around here, when we have tests coming up, we actually take exams regularly, and it, they they'll cram up on that phosphatidylserine, phosphatidylcholine, acetyl L-carnitine. I do take that. If you call the vitamin consultants, Hotsi Vitamins, they can review this. Probably quick. Quick thing. And, and also, people out there that are probably, if they're hearing any of this, I'm, I'm sure you can just, if you go to hotzivitamins.com or go to hotzihwc.com, there is a plethora of blogs and information, yes. probably more so on Hotzi Vitamins for stuff like this. Because um, I think you can even search by, by vitamin, by disease state, by, I mean, I think there's a lot of ways to find it. Um, and so, so basically, and is there anything else that you can think of? Um, you talked about fish oil. Now, one thing I will say about the pro omega fish oil is I actually take that one myself. You know, I have a history. I came from the pharmaceutical industry. Dun, dun, dun. Well, years ago, I used to take a prescription, uh, fish oil called Leveza or Lavaz. I don't know how they, how they pronounced it. I think it was made by GlaxoSmithKline. But the, the purpose of that was it was a very high potency fish oil and it was supposed to have, um, less mercury in it, right? So it was supposed to have less, um, toxins in it. Well, what I have found out, and I actually do extensive blood tests in Berkeley labs, and I do extensive lipid panels, and I can tell you that the Pro Omega I buy from here has more, has more of what I need. Has what is it? EPA or um, DHA, DHA and EPA, EPA. Mm-hmm. has more of those, and than my prescription did. Which, when I went and looked at my prescription, I literally think my insurance company was paying about a thousand dollars a month for some fish oil that should cost about forty or fifty bucks probably. Um, and so I have seen the, the difference in triglycerides on my, on my blood test. I mean, it's not like I'm just saying I feel, you're not going to feel better from it. Um, but I think long-term you're saying it helps. Well, it does. And occasionally some people actually receive reduced inflammation from fish oil, but another thing, curcumin or turmeric, very mm-hmm. good to take. We have curcumin ultimate, for example, but that's an anti-inflammatory. Again, we talked earlier about, you know, having coffee with some um, dark cocoa, unsweetened, you know, mixing it together because of its antioxidant effects, anti-inflammatory effects. Berries, uh, berries, berries are fantastic. You know, eating some berries every day. Walnuts seem to be a really simple, if you want to pick a, just one nut to eat, really good for the brain. Which, by the way, walnuts kind of look like the brain, too. I don't know if it's <laughs> part of God's sense of humor or not. But the uh, there's a lot of great foods to eat, and most importantly, if it's something that's anything that's packaged and processed and sugary and uh, something that's made out of flour, you know that's not good for you, but it really is taking its toll. Hey, we appreciate the conversation. Uh, if y'all want to download the podcast, make sure to go find it online. And if you want to call the Wellness Center, give them a call. It's so, uh, that's 281-698-8698. Thank you for joining us today. Y'all have a great day. Information provided on this radio program is neither intended nor implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice and is not intended to replace the services of a physician, nor does it constitute a doctor-patient relationship. You should not use information from this radio program to diagnose or treat a health problem or disease without consulting with a qualified health care provider. If you have or suspect you have an urgent medical problem, promptly contact a professional health care provider or call 911. Dr. Hotze's Wellness Revolution radio program advises you to always seek the advice of a physician or other qualified health provider prior to starting any new treatment or with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Any application of the recommendations from this radio program is at the listener's discretion.